Good afternoon, good evening. It is another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C Diddy Five One Three, aka Kyrie Curving, aka him over there, and oh my co-host. You were about to say to my left, and I was. I was you like, could have said it; it would have been alright. But I had to. I wasn't sure. Nah, no, it's cool. Sure. It's cool. Ignore that text I just sent. I just needed it to be at the top instead of down at the bottom. Um, that looks really loud. It does. Just do that. That's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, uh, my name's Stephanie. Hello, people. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> we live, baby. We live. How was your weekend? Whew. I feel like you were everywhere I was, but I barely saw you this weekend, which says a lot. I was like, come Lit, on, somebody. Litty titty, starting from Thursday. Because, you know, why not? Right? Like, it's, you know, homecoming weekend. And so I didn't have work on Friday, you know. I so did not make it to work on Friday. That's why I chose to. <laughs> Child, that's why I chose to not go to work on Friday. Because I knew what it was. <laughs> I did not make it. Your girl was. I woke up at your place and then I went home and then I I slept for like another hour and I was like, all right, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go to work. And then I went to get up and like my whole body was like, girl, go back to bed because that's the only place you're gonna be today. And I did. And I didn't get back up until like three o'clock. Yeah, it got real. Um, it got really real really quickly. Um, I just want to shout out B Complex and, and, and Gatorade and Water. Pedialyte is my best friend. For 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 uh, holding me down. A quick breakdown of my weekend. Thursday night, a married man asked me if I wanted to go to L.A. with him. Friday night, I gave my number to this guy, and then like 30 minutes later, I saw him get arrested. Friday night, like my hoe flashed before my life, my eyes. So your whole life flashed before your eyes. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's my weekend. <laughs> If we sum it up, I haven't decided if homecoming was fun or not yet. It, oh man, for me, sometimes you got a Harlem Shake for the pressure. Um, oh, you know I did. Listen, because I had a Harlem Shake for the press, some pressure I had too. And you know, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't let nobody see you sweat. You feel me? Tailgate was crazy. Niggas, you know, niggas getting their feelings every now and then. Oh, you went to tailgate? Mm-hmm. I had to miss it. I had an event at work. Yeah, I went to I went to the tailgate. That shit, uh, shit, 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 got real. Shit got really real really quickly. Um, but other than that, it was a good solid weekend. I spent the last I spent Sunday most of Sunday and majority of Monday <laughs> recovering. Um, so there's that. There is that. Um, that's real. So, we are going to talk about something I think that's near and dear to your heart. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about mental health and relationships and how they kind of, you know, go together and kind of just that, that whole intertwining kind of thing. What it looks like to be in a comprehensive adult relationship with emotional intelligence. Correct. Correct. Because, <laughs> I mean, I think I've said this before. 
if you're not more, if I don't, if you're not better than my solitude, I don't need you. That's real. Like, you know, I can be by myself and enjoy my own company. So I don't need, I don't need you. I don't need, and I think you got to get to the point where you don't need anybody in a relationship. You feel me? I don't think you're supposed to need people. You're supposed to want them. You're supposed to want people in, you're supposed to want people in your space, not need somebody to make you whole. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, um... You add to my happiness. You don't, you're not a requirement for me to be happy. Correct. Ooh, I definitely have to learn that. I mean, duh, but yeah. And I think one of the things that we often neglect in when we talk about mental health is, like, just how draining a toxic relationship can be. Like, if I'm spending more time arguing with you than not arguing with you, that's a... <laughs> that's not good. Like, that's not... that's we. What the fuck are we doing at this point? That shit is draining. Yeah. And so, I think that's one thing that I just wanna, I wanted to... Tap, tap on. Tap, tap on. Which is cool because, you remember after Gucci Man's wedding or whatever, the next day, last week on Wednesday, somebody was like, Keisha held him down, he cheated on her, she stuck by him while he did drugs, and da-da-da-da, you hoes ain't no ride or die, how you expect to get a man out on these streets, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, why, did, why is it expected that a woman has to go through all of those manipulative actions of another person who wasn't whole just to maintain a relationship or see it to marriage like that's stupid the phrasing of that is is off but the, but the purpose behind that has some merit so okay no the, their framing was completely no everything they said was a no like, yes, you should leave space for people to grow in your relationship. But no, I don't have to stick around while you're a drug addict. I don't have to stick around while you're cheating. I don't have to stick around while you are out here in jail. I don't have to do any of that. And you're not going to tell me I can't see it to marriage if I don't. But there is, like, there is something to be said. Like, I mean, think about it. How many times have we heard people say, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best? And so, like... If you are a believer in that, then you also, but you you also can't recoil at what this man this man was saying. Now you again you have full autonomy to do whatever the fuck you want. You have full autonomy to do that, but the flip side of that is people also have full autonomy to kind of call you whatever they feel like when you do whatever you want. That's like that's the flip side of every decision that you make. Somebody has they also have the autonomy to call you what they feel like you are. So if you can not stay when when some when when a man cheats on you, when a man's like an addict or whatever the case may be, some people may call you like you know you ran when shit got tough. Some may some people may call you smart. Like it's just it's the framing of it. You know we try to we 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 may glorify. I think we glorify. We only glorify this when it comes to women holding down men, though. Men don't stick around for women when they're going through tough times like this. Let's be honest. Let, let's 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 talk about it, cause I disagree. Okay, I'm gonna let you disagree, but more times than not, men will the first thing smoking. They'll find the reason to get out. Men don't hold space to for women to grow, or for women, or for. 
forgiveness. What? A men lot of the time. Men don't forgive women? I'm not saying men don't forgive women. I'm saying a lot of times they don't hold it to the point that in which they would. They would expect a woman to for them in their lives. All right. Let's break this down because I feel like this is one of those phrasing things that you just want to you position yourself, position women as like the angel, savior, good in all the world, trying to, you know, and the men as... No, I'm not because I want women to start leaving men more actually. What? At the first sign of this ain't going to work, just get out. Somebody else will come along. Trust me. You and this trust you shit. Like, I wish more people would. I, wish. I was like, listening to another podcast today, a little background story, but they they weren't talking about this particular situation, but they were talking about the loyalty that men have for other men, and it's kind of like a blind loyalty versus the loyalty that women have for women, where women are for women, but they'll call them out on their shit, where men more so like will let their little their niggas just get by doing whatever the fuck, and then their their little go to excuse is usually like, well, I mean, it's none of my business. It's none of my business. Exactly, my business. men are always doing that for their homeboys. Women will be like, girl, you fucking up right now. And I think, like, that stuff kind of... Women do tell... You're not going to give me this face. Women do tell their their homegirls, like, you fucking up. Way more than men do. But that wasn't the point. The point is, men want that blind loyalty when it comes to the people they're dating as well. Look. Here's where I stand on this. If I'm dating you, of course I want fucking loyalty. If I can't get loyalty, what the fuck am I dating you for? There's a difference between loyalty and blind loyalty. When I have to put myself on hold to see that you're fine, but I'm not fine, I can't stick around. But do you communicate that you're not fine, or do you just, or do you, because we, we live in a society where closed mouths don't get fed. You know me now, I communicate. But you... A couple years ago. No, because it required me going to therapy to figure out how to communicate in a relationship. Okay, so Ben, so here's the thing. So if you're not communicating that you're not okay. Okay, but first of all, the people that I wasn't communicating with were people that were cheating on me. So they're gone, thank God. And no, now it is very, if you cheat on me, I'm out. I feel like you took this a different direction from what I was than what I was taking this. My entire point was you said when you I have to put myself you said I have to put myself on hold in order to make you feel whole. And even when I'm not good, I'm like, are you communicating that you're not good? Or are you just silently? I thought taking? we were still sticking to the original point of that post that was being made and Which, I mean in I general in, in general, because think about it, like besides the cheating aspect, we're talking about the drug addict and the in jail aspect. You know, those two things are a little more subjective as far as than cheating. Ninety nine percent of people can agree, can agree that cheating is wrong. They may feel some type of way about how you should. They may feel differently about how you should react to said cheating. But cheating is wrong. It's not a controversial statement. The more controversial statements are. Saying, saying with somebody who, if they're a drug addict, saying are with somebody. Are you saying with somebody who's a drug addict? Listen, I got drug, I got drug addicts in my family. Okay, cool. I do too. So but I'm asking you, pertaining to your dating life, if somebody you're dating, you found out they're on drugs, are you sticking around? Depends on the situation, to be quite honest. Now, for me, it's gonna be a no. Depends on the good. See, depends on the situation. A. 
how bad of a drug addict are we talking here? I am so glad that you're in a space where you can ask those questions because I'm not. I don't care. You're on drugs. That's not my problem. Good luck in life. Think about, I mean, well, let's be real. Like, in corporate America, there's a lot of motherfuckers who do coke and do drugs and are, and who are fun- or are functioning adults who are CEOs and CEF- CFOs and, and high-ranking officers in these companies. So, like, if you're one of those type of drug addicts, it's different than if you're on the street out here on the street not not functioning. That's the first question. The second question is, how much skin do you have in the game? If I find out you're a drug addict on the first or second date, then I don't I don't have enough skin in the game to care to try to make shit work. If we have a kid or two, if there's a different story. So that's why I don't I don't like categorically categorically saying no to certain shit. I gotta know what the fuck the situation is. Same thing with somebody. So that, if if you have a child with that person, that will, you would try to work it out with them. Yeah, if I have a kid, like you gotta you try to work it out, try to make sure at least they're good enough that you can co-parent with the motherfucker. Like it's there's like. My experiences dictate my answers because I know there's a couple people that I should have abandoned, like family members I should have abandoned that were on drugs, but I didn't because they're family. Same people, same, same for it, in jail. Like if you are in jail, why are you in jail? How long are you in jail? Or like most very questions that come about that you need that I need to answer in order for me to figure out what we're doing here. You feel me? Uh, I see where you're going. I see where you're going, but I'm still probably going to go with a no thank you. But that's just me, and I completely understand that. That's just, that's just all my, that's just, that's just where I'm at. It's like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to kind of you got to understand you got to understand everything um you got to understand things before you judge them and so going back to the overall original point of far like you know for every, you got to you got to learn when to stay down and learn when to leave everything's not a cutter cut cut and dry first sign of trouble get the fuck out of there you have you have we 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 paint these overarching pictures of situations that we're not in and then and then go and say well if that was me I wouldn't do this well first of all it's not you second of all you don't know what you would do until you're in that situation you can tell me all the fucking shit you want but you ain't gonna know what you would do until you in there until you in the trenches so that's how I feel about that aspect of it you know how they say no hater form against not what is it saying? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. God's not bringing me to those weapons. I've decided that for my life. So and see, and see here's and that's what I wanted. I, what I wanted to say from jump was in the dating circles that I'm in. None of that's happening. I'm probably not going to run into. But I just I found it. it to what really just shocked me was the whole statement of his caption where he was like, "You hoes don't know how to be writer guys," and you like you were taking it away from that, but. 
if somebody sees that and then makes a comment based off of that, then you know that they're, they're sticking to that point. They want you to stick around while you a hood nigga that's just in these streets doing whatever. They want you to stick around where you drug addict, while you're in jail, while you cheating, da 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 da. Like, they're not talking about, like, normal stuff that's happening in our dating lives. I mean, maybe, and maybe, um, maybe I, maybe I feel some type of way because one of my exes got up and ran the fuck out at the first sign of trouble and I didn't even do no drug addict shit. I didn't, wasn't even on drugs. I wasn't even in jail. I just lost my fucking job. And she was just, and, and like, I, my grandmother was sick and she was just like, oh, where? This is affecting you. I'm a, I'm, this, I can see this is affecting you. You're not the same person I got and I'm out. See, that's different though. That's different. Then that's something we could hold a whole conversation about. Then yeah. But you know me, my, my answer is always, let's go to therapy. It's just, Come on, girl. <laughs> well, not girl, but come on. I had an appointment. Just tag along with me. And so that's why. So I analyze shit. Now but you were analyzing it off of a personal experience. I'm analyzing off of a general, not necessarily like I need you to stay with me while I'm shooting up dope. I think for me, it was literally that post with that caption, and then the fact that people were arguing off of that post and saying that yeah, women should. And it's like no, no, I shouldn't. I'm not sticking around for any of that stuff. Now, for my significant other to come to me like, I lost my job, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing next. Like, I've been in that situation with somebody I was just dating. And for me, it was like, all right, like, you'll find another job. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, life will come. I'm not running in that type of situation now. And so that's what, and that's, and so that's a speak of, and so, and mind you, hood niggas in certain aspects of the shit, like, that, that is their, their rock bottom, and if you, and if, and if we value people who can stay through rock bottom, if you can't, that's okay, but don't also talk shit about the people who can't, or who, or who want you to. I'm gonna leave that one there. Yes, beloved. No, I'm just leave that one there because I don't have the exact words that I need to say in order to respond to you. So I'm gonna just leave that one there. <laughs> any uh, any other comments, beloved? No, no, I'm good. So kind of piggybacking off of that, let's talk about some one-sided relationships. Like, first of all, in your definition, what does a one-sided relationship look like? When one person is more engaged in the relationship than the other person, but the, due to lack of communication, that one person just sits there in that one-sided relationship instead of doing something about it. Now, can there be two... If, say, like, okay, so here's what I'm thinking before I get into my actual point about it. Like, say, one person like is a breadwinner, right, that brings all the money, pays for everything, you know, typical, you know, 1960-type shit, pays for everything, provides for everything, but is totally detached emotionally, and lets the other person handle all of the emotional shit on, on a day-to-day basis. Is that a one-sided relationship? It depends on the agreement that you and your partner came to prior to you being in, in that situation. In if if in your bird's eye view, if one person was the breadwinner, like we talking you, we talking you that you I know you don't like but if, say you stay at home mom right didn't work. You were a primary caretaker of the children. You stay at home mom. You're primary caretaker of the children. He paid, but he paid for everything, house, mortgage, auto bills, everything. Like, you 
didn't come Wait, out. I believe that's a one-sided relationship. If you're the pri- if but if you handle like all of the emotional like work in the relationship. Oh, if I were the the what did you see that article that was on what? Oh fuck! Why can't I think? I'm drawing a blank right now. But there's a term that they call this emotional labor. So if I was the one who was in charge of all the emotion, that's one-sided. I'm not signing up for that. It's one-sided on your side? If I'm the person who's the emotional laborer, yes. But, so... You don't get to check out emotionally. See, I think maybe it's a... Because I wouldn't necessarily view that as one-sided, but if it's going to be one-sided, I view it as two one-sided relationships. Like, and then this is go go kind of before I go back into like my, for one comment for one thing I had when I thought about this. Like, if I'm paying for everything, then I should emotionally take on everything. But I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm saying if I'm if I slack in the emotional labor thing because because I take on all the bills, you should give me slack for it. No, but that's cute though. But no. Then see, because I'm in a I'm in a belief that everything should be 50 50 in a relationship. That's not 50 50, though. Some people would argue that it is. And to those some people, you're not my people. Like, if I'm doing everything on outside the house, you come in, you handle everything inside the house, how's that, how's that not equal? You are we talking emotional labor or just maintaining the home? Those are, are two separate things. Like if we talk, okay, so we're talking, we're talking like a very typical relationship. So you maintain maintain the home, and every now and then I just I may be stressed out at work and I shut down or some shit like that. Well, that's not stereotypical relationships because the stay at home mom and the go to work dad is kind of dead. Everybody got a job now. <laughs> Everybody got a job now. Never mind. That's a never. That's another comment for another time period. Okay. Um. But, so, what I was thinking about, as far as one side of relationships go, because I was having to talk with a past fling. She was kind of, she hit me up on, like, venting late night. I was asleep for half of it. So, I mean, but it was more so, it was just, like, she felt so drained from her, I guess, what she considered one side of of relationships that she didn't want to try again. And I and I countered. I was like, "Well, it sounds like you need to have a one-sided relationship, um, in the other way, so you can feel whole again. Like it sounds like you need to get get, get into something where the other person is like filling you and doing the majority of the work in order to break the cycle of you feel like you have to always do the majority of the work. Um, because like she, you know, she was just going on about like, um. Her, you know, like her ex just like kind of just took advantage of like all the shit that she she did for him, blah 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 blah. Um, and then I guess she 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 found like he was kind of talking to her about like his current relationship. And that's a whole other thing. Her ex called her up, and they they like still friends. They're like still his friends. current situation. So she decides to call you up, and you're her ex to talk about him talking about his. I'd have hung up. There was a text message conversation, and I fell asleep halfway through because it was late and I was tired. I would have opened the first two texts and would have went to sleep, but that's just me. <laughs> it's but it's just like I think in general. 
if you feel like it's uneven, even. emotionally, emo, emo, whatever, emotionally, um, putting in work. Like, I, first of all, I feel like, oh shit, I don't know. Maybe because I'm just, I'm not in a damn relationship. I can't really give advice to people. All I know is me as a single person, where I am now at 25 in a month, but at 25 in the way I know to communicate now, I know how to say things to people where I'm not going to put up with somebody who emotionally clocks out. And if you do, I'm going to address it. I'll give you X amount of space to attend to it fix it and if you can't i'm out but that's just me and where i am now like i know how to say these things where i can just communicate that's not enough for me this isn't going to work for me this is how you're making me feel this or well in therapy they say you shouldn't put it on people you should just come from your perspective i'm still working on that because if you're making me feel away but then again nobody can make you whatever we're not getting into therapy right now but still you see what i mean like Open your mouth. That's really what it boils down to. Open your mouth and say something. And I think that's what, that was my point. It was like, if you, how long do you let those one-sided shit slide, my nigga? Like, before you be like, get the, like. If there's one thing I've learned, especially through therapy, because I go to figure out how to be in relationships, whether it's a friendship, a, a work relation, relationships, that's what I'm in therapy for, to maintain relationships in my life in a healthy manner. And the one thing we always talk about is how do we effectively communicate our feelings in, in any situation so that you come out knowing that you aren't waiting for the reciprocation of others. And that's really what it boils down to. A lot of times we don't want to tell people how we're feeling because we don't know how we're, they're going to react. When you can break the cycle in your mind where you realize like, I'm sharing because I need to share in order for me to feel better. That's all that matters. So if you can get to a point in your relationship and you're like, all right, I see this pattern developing. And the sooner you say it, the more likely that pattern is going to break because you didn't leave too much space for it to become that, a pattern. So you recognize the behavior. You acknowledge it. You speak on it. And then you you decide how much time you're going to apply before you, for me you have no more than a month and a month like it takes 30 days to to create a pattern so i'm giving you 30 days you let me know if you're going to change your behavior if not for me in the sake of my sanity i have to be out and i have to be this way because of everything i've gone through in the past because then i know where i go, start to tumble and anxiety takes over and then you gonna call me crazy i'm gonna be gaslit and then it's gonna go real downhill from there and so for me it's a month you do something i don't like i acknowledge it we have a conversation i'm telling you i'm looking for your behavior to change you don't change it in that month i have to be out for me i have to it is what it is Here's my thoughts. Like we, I agree with most of that. Again, everything comes back to the communication because, like, a lot of times, like again, closed mouths don't get fed. So if I don't know, don't. if I don't know that you feel some type of way, I'm gonna keep going however I'm going because I feel fine. Like, if you don't speak up and say like, "Yo, what you did was some bullshit." I'm not going to know that. Like, you know, we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Shorty got mad at me over some shit, but didn't tell me she was mad at me over some shit. I just got to figure the fucking shit out from her non-text messages. Like, that shit's, trash. shit's childish. Like, And that's trash. You out here punishing a nigga mentally 
for some shit. You can't communicate how you're feeling. Or and and so now you're in your feelings, and then you you finally get fed up with all the shit that I'm doing. You lash the fuck out at me. I'm trying to figure out where the fuck this came from, and you and you're listening off ten things. But if you just spoke up and said some shit prior to, we wouldn't have had this issue. Hi, Key. Every time we come on this show, like every week, we come back and we start talking, and I'm like, wow, it really just boils down to communicating. Like niggas just don't open their mouths. Like niggas is sensitive and they don't open their mouths and that's really the only time they open their mouth is never mind let me not (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand you but that's dead ass that's what it really boils down to like and I can see why our generation waits longer to be in these committed relationships because we're spending more time to be whole like I mean, they say they they say that you don't it take three to four years to know somebody, like to to really know, know somebody. somebody. My mom tells me like, I just, one of her ongoing jokes. She was like, "If I would have lived with your dad before we got married, we wouldn't be together." And I know she's kidding on a level, on a level. But one thing she always tells me about relationships, she says you have to experience somebody in every season. And then now, like being a millennial, it's kind of different because our seasons are different. Like. We're taking longer to move out of our parents' house. We're taking longer to make sure that we're happy in our careers. We are holding off on having children. We're holding, like, paying off student loan debt is more important than saving for a retirement fund because we don't want that debt over our head. Like, we see the mistakes that our parents made, and prior to other generations, we're taking more time to be selfish. So I think, like, the bigger question is, how do you get in a relationship and maintain being selfish but also being in love? And so then you have to separate desire and in love because desire is is where that the the inner mix like if you were on a venn diagram like that's what's going to be in the middle like your desires what's what's that i genetic said i love me i love me you know for the both of us like you you gotta have that you gotta have self-love yeah um First, you got to because if you don't if you don't let yourself and you you just gonna let anyone and everyone treat you however the fuck come in say whatever do whatever and so treat you however and so that's what it is you got to just um you just have to be in a clear space of knowing who you are before you decide to be in those relationships and a lot of times like we don't do our inner child work and so like those things and by inner child work I mean like those things that. Not necessarily what you grew up with, but that child inside of you who is feeling harmed or victimized. Like until you can bring yourself out of a uh, out of a mindset that you are constantly the victim, you don't need to add other people to your space. Because you're going to always try and figure out, even as an adult, how to be the victim in in, in the situation. So then and I think that's what make, and I, like those and I think that's what like, like that. well, that's one of the problems with Shorty is like she wanted to be a victim. <laughs> like like. You like there's you, there's certain people they take they, you take pride in that ride or that shit we talked about but you also are you also take pride in becoming a martyr like I did so much and I did this and that like look at me my life was so tough Da-da-da-da. it's like baby girl like, ain't no one tell you to stay in that like only person who told you to stay in that was a biased opinion of a nigga that he was trying to keep you ain't no one else tell you to stay like I ain't gonna so like that that shit and like, I don't know if I can love again well shit nigga learn if you make that decision then don't be surprised when you keep running into people that you can't love well it's like I don't know I don't know if I can love again I don't know if I, well shit nigga you either gonna learn or you gonna be single like, and shit I just came to that realization like two months ago where I'm like girl 
clearly you're not going to be in our relationship because you keep saying you don't want to be in nobody's relationship because you keep saying on and honestly on some level all men ain't shit y'all gonna get through one day but that's another conversation for a different podcast because I'm feel, not having that here with y'all however because I thought I was about to let you have it I'm sorry mm. but anyways I just, just want men to tap into their divinity divine male energy just figure that out you know what I really want? I really want men to start doing wellness retreats for men. Like women do. But women can't host that for y'all. Y'all gotta want to do that yourselves. I, there's, some, there's something that I, I had an epiphany about. A couple things I had an epiphany about, but I, it's for it's for a different podcast. I'm just gonna drop the title of it, title of it and I think that we're just gonna revisit it at another time. I feel like pe- women don't want equality, they want reverence. They don't want equality, but they want superior treatment. No, I would disagree. But do you realize the system in which women are living in? Like, the things that we have to fight for just for equality. Like, I don't want to be over you. I don't, I don't want, like, that's something I wouldn't even want. I'm speaking for myself, clearly. Like, I don't want to put up with a man on that level. Like, I don't, ugh, ugh. I just want to be left alone most of the time, honestly. I want to be able to walk down the street without somebody, like, saying something to me and getting cussed out. Because, you know, I want the safety of saying, no, I don't want to give out my number. And knowing that I can walk away from their scathe because a grown-up is just going to be like, all right, cool, she don't want my number. I want to be able to go to work and not be bothered by men. And knowing that I'm getting the same pay that a man in my position would be getting. Like, that's the thing that's most important to me, like... I don't give a fuck about ruling over you. That's stupid. But a lot of people are getting that mixed up where where equality is just missing and thinking that women just want to rule. And the thing about it is it's dead now, that whole idea that equality doesn't need to exist because trends of having children are dead because women are going to work. Like, the average millennial is having one and a half kids. But the trends of it, it was like it started... It's called Transcendental something. Y'all can look it up. Google is always your best friend. But, like, the whole concept of the family and why we have children and why we were even having partners is kind of just, like, obsolete from what the originality of it was. Because, like, during the early the late 1800s to the early 1900s, many people owned farmland. So you had, like, six to eight children on average because they were your labor. <laughs> they helped maintain the farm. And then with the introduction, like, you have the world wars and then the introduction of baby boomers. So then, like, they started having their kids. By the 60s, it was like the average family had the two to four children because you, had, you were introduced to the nine-to-five Monday through Friday work schedule by Eisenhower so then the kids weren't helping you take care of the farm they just had to go to school and then continue on the life and then but you also had to stay at home mom so the mom was taking care of the house dad was working nine to five so you only had two to four children then with the introduction introduction of the 70s with like women having like equal work not pay but work when we were going to work so that's when it really flipped and people weren't having as many kids so the average household only had two kids and then with the introduction of she's pretty and with the introduction of um, like now, like late 90s to now, people are having one and a half kids. And that's because of the economic destruction that's continuous, continuously happening. So now like 
I don't know. Like, just to get back on the point, the original point was because the the evolution of equality for women, like, actually, the need for men is become. Um, this is what the studies say. The need for men in a traditional manner is becoming obsolete. So nobody wants to rule over y'all. We just want to be... Y'all just don't want us. Let's put it like this. Yes. There we go. Y'all don't want us. Women don't want niggas no more. <laughs> and the black, listen, and we going to say this. I was trying so hard. I was just trying to make it look cute. I no, wanted to make it. Like, no, don't, we don't want you because it's, but, but, it comes with so much trash, TBH. And so the, and so this is why the black man is the most endangered person in society. Because, because we get no love from no side. We get no love from, from from white men and women because of racism, and then black women are increasing like we don't even need men. So so the black man is just like, well, shit, I niggas ain't got <laughs> what the fuck. Would you like to repeat that one more time? No. No. Oh, so now you don't want to say it? I mean, I can say it, but I don't. Are you going to probably put me on Snapchat and shit? <laughs> I mean, or I mean you just wildly just said that men, black men, are, are the least are the least loved, least liked, least wanted, least appreciated person in society. Because think about what you just said. Let's break it down. Let's break the shit and down. And you know I'm going to disagree with you. So I mean, like, where, where are we going with this? Think about what you just said. You was like, women women feel like the need for men has become obsolete. But yes you, or no? You took it as a black and white thing. This is this is this is intersectional. This is intersectional. But this is a gender this thing. Is, we're, we're talking. We talk about the intersection of race and gender, right? And so yes. We know racism exists. We know sexism exists. We know all of these things exist. And so that's why the black... I never said we, we weren't the least protected. We were the least wanted. Black women are the least protected. Black men are the least wanted. And I stand 110% by that statement. I can agree with that. Because I mean, just, I'm just thinking about what you just said. What you just said was like women feel like the need for men are obsolete. Women don't want niggas anymore. You just said that, and so you combine that with the already established racial construct and the racial climate that we're in. What the fuck do you get? You get you get exactly what I just said. Two plus two sometimes equals four, my nigga. Okay, but how did you wildly get on black men are the least wanted? Let's break this shit down. Yeah, please do. Because, look, I got time today. Fuck, fuck out of here. So we obviously know the racial construct and, and the racial power economics between white people and black people, right? So then you, you have that. Time plus the what we just discussed is about like women are constant are, are feeling more and more like the need for men are obsolete. We just you just literally went for this entire thing how we're having less children based off of studies, multiple studies that have been done. But yes, yes, according to those studies, the structure of the traditional family is obsolete because of the evolution of women's rights. Yes, and so because of all of those things, let's say, now the, now the, the prevailing thought is. I don't need slash want men in my life anymore. It's not need slash want. It's I don't need somebody who's going to add stress to my life. See now, see now we're adding. You're adding extra things that you didn't say ever. Because it's really based off of can you properly love me the way that I need to be loved? If not, then I don't need anyone. And so, so back to back to the original point that you're disputing here. You can take that statement with the previously defined racial dynamic and racial politics. 
venue equal. We're not so then when does it circle back? If I just said the basis of a relationship now is purely off of can you love me in a manner in which I do? So then most women say men clearly are, they tend to be manipulative because they have adjusted to a... a Wait, let's be real. We don't even use them or we don't even use all those words. We just call men trash and just keep keep it pushing. Because when we try to have these conversations, you do this that. You're like, we just call men trash and we keep it pushing. I'm literally trying to explain to you why we feel this way. Continue, beloved. Because a Continue. lot of men have... They've, they've adjusted to patriarchy and, mis- and misogyny, and they're not doing enough to say, Dis- now, duh, see now, I feel myself getting a little riled up. need to bring it back down so I can say my words. But a lot of men have adjusted to patriarchy and misogyny, and by doing so and not denouncing it, why do I need you in my life when, one, I can pay my bills, which y'all, y'all love calling somebody a gold digger, so I'm paying my bills, I have a full lifestyle without you, and literally the only thing you can add is properly loving me. And so, here's where I come in. So, with all of that, I never see, and there's, and there's, a, there's a distinction between wanted and protected. Never, black women are still the least protected in society. You know, along along with along with members of LGBT community, like you know, as far as protections are concerned, protecting protections. Now, as far as like wanting and feeling like you need a subsect, that's different than being protected. As far as like wants and feeling like you need a certain subject, the majority of society feel like they don't need black men in their life. This is just the way that the facts have been presented to me. This is the conclusion. The conclusion is that society says that the majority of black men are not needed. Are not needed or wanted. Not needed or wanted. Run me the facts. I need, I need studies. I need something. Well, you're going to have to wait till the next episode to fill up all of this shit. It's going to take longer than the time we have for me to do the, do all the Googles. <laughs> but you're going to, but just know. Just know. That I'm not, I'm not pulling this out of my ass here. I'm, so this is what it breaks down to. Women feel like. Men have adjusted to patriarchy and misogyny because it is a structural system and we've come far enough that we've realized men are not a necessity for our lifestyles and that we can continue on our entire lives and how we see fit and we can we can have abundance without a man. So because of that, men's reply emotionally is that they don't feel wanted not, or not, needed. Not men. Black men, because of the intersection of racial dynamics, plus kind of this the, the backlash that we talk about to to patriarchy, and then, and again, I will repeat, this is not saying protected. Obviously, I know, I know, yeah, yeah. This is, this I feel at this point you're not saying this to me. You're saying this to whoever's listening. Of course. Cool, because I'm going to get it what you're saying. But, okay, so then my thing, my mindset then clearly goes to, just like I was saying earlier, I said I wish men would have more more of like wellness retreats in which women do because the trend that I've, I've paid attention to for the last like two years with women and like starting in 2015 there was this thing that was starting to define and 
define femininity, right? So the whole idea of, of learning self, like what it means to really be a woman and have that feminine energy inside of you and knowing that you're the creator of life. Like you literally behold life within your body and then taking that into self-love. So then you started seeing women creating these workshops where you can go on a Saturday and you're doing yoga and you're sitting there talking with like 5, 15, 20, 30 other women who are sitting there having these conversations with you about past traumas and then, you know, it, then it more into therapy and then people are like going to therapy more regularly and it's like all right so women can figure that out right and that's where the whole idea of like i'm not going to allow somebody who who adjusts to patriarchy and misogyny and allows that to be the structure of their lifestyle and and then invoke that on me so i'd rather be single and i'm okay with it when do men on the flip do the same you feel like you're not wanted where does that derive from if so we talk about outside factors, right? So you talk about women dealing with outside factors and they kind of look in to try to think. The problem, the problem is, is it's, it's, it's like, it's one of those, it's like almost like a vicious cycle where like whenever men complain about something, people find a way to just blame it back on men regardless. And so because of that, but you realize that's human nature, right? Like, for every flip where men are saying, like, oh, you put it back on men, that's the, that's exactly how women feel. But here's the thing. And, and again, I'm not discounting anyone's, anyone's feelings. Just like I would hope no one discounts mine. But from my experiences... Whenever, whenever we start to have these conversations about how men feel about certain things and what, like, where they feel like there's a disconnect, somebody pulls, well, it's patriarchy, and then just like that deads the rest of the conversation because they pull like patriarchy is a patriarchal society. That means like, eh. Is, is there, so you're saying that you feel men being unwanted, black men particularly, is a structural. It's part of the system. It's part of the structural. It's part of the structural system that is currently in place in the United States of America. And so, yes, I see your face. No, because I'm really I'm trying to leave space for you to further explain this, so I come on some level of understanding. Because I have to be honest, right now I'm not completely understanding it. But you're you're. You're explaining, and I want you to continue explaining. So, my explanation for that is, again, this, it, a lot of it ties down to the intersection, intersectionality of racism and racial inequality. Times the fact with where, where we are now as far as... Black women being the most educated by gender and by race. See, even shit like that. <laughs> where we're talking, like, it's like... <laughs> People now, now I'm not saying black women shouldn't be educated. I'm all for get your education, get your money, sis. But we, but we, but we put that. We even mentioned that as like a slight dig to the to the black male counterpart. Like black black women are the most educated and the most and, and the most popping. You know, Is per it capita. Dig or you're taking it as a dig. The way it's presented, a lot of times, is a dig. Like. Versus celebratory to about yourself, like go us is more so nigga catch up, like nigga what the fuck y'all doing, like like very I mean hell and we if we if we're really talking about some shit and this is something that I do have stats for 
I just, we just got to look them up. Black men are dying at the rate of an endangered species if we keep it at 100. For, because from very more black male babies born than black female babies. Again, facts. But then if, once you combine homicide, suicide, you know, other sicknesses, and incarceration, by the time black men and black women reach 18, black women outnumber black men 7 to 1. So, the system is killing us off like an endangered species. The so The system is killing off black men? Listen, so, again, black, more, more black male births than black female births. But once you, but once people, once that oh, same. I cannot wait for people to hear this. I just want to know, like, I need a somewhere where we can read some comments. I just need, can we just get this episode out to people? Like, they deserve to hear this because this has to be the most interesting conversation we have had on here to date. And I just want to hear other opinions. I need to know if this is like something that Mormon think about because unwanted is just a strong word. In my opinion, but those are your feelings, and I can't take that away from you. And so, and so, and so, we're going a couple, couple, couple directions. So, we talk about homicides, you know, suicides, other sicknesses, and incarceration. Now, again, intersection of race and gender. Um, so, by the time, by the time it's, it's we're eighteen. Black women outnumber black men seven to one. Just like, as far as like, free, healthy adults. So there's so and so so the, the, there's a limited supply if we're talking if we're talking about the dating cycle and dating life. There's a limited supply of black men for black women compared because considering black women are the least likely to date outside of a race, right? According to such studies, black women date outside of a race the least amount. Comparatively, black women do. Yeah, yeah. So you combine that with you combine the limited dating supply versus with black women not really trying to date outside the race, and then so then we are we already foster up somewhat ill and negative feelings about about the dating pool that you have. How many times have we heard are both black women and black women complain about the dating pool in Cincinnati? How many times have we tried that? Especially black women. But both black men and black women complain about the dating pool or the lack of in, in, in Cincinnati. So, like, you, and then you, feel, you start feeling those feelings and then think about the different levels of reaction when a black woman is seen with a non-black man versus a black man seen with a non-black woman. When Rihanna was caught, when Rihanna was with that one dude that... that it, is he Arab? Is it what you know? Indian, Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern billionaire. Yes, sis. I see you, Queen. Yes, Queen. Yes. And then comparatively, we find out Shannon Sharp. Right? I'm on that miles and that yak. Shannon Sharp, who has done nothing, <laughs> like he, he never slandered black women ever, according to record. He just has a white. He has a white wife. He has a white. He has a white white partner. First, he does. yeah. Was this a whole conversation? This is like they, they, it was it was it was a Twitter conversation where like they was like um it was like black it was a black man it was him and his wife and the comment was like 
it's some it's something to the effect of like why can't why can't ever why can't successful black men ever find somebody of their own race to date or some something something like that right or we're gonna talk about why why all the, why do all these black athletes always always want to date date the white girl or some something of that nature now mind you it's and it's different because Shannon Sharp again to my knowledge ain't never slandered black women never slandered black women like some some black. Um, athletes or some black people date white women or date nine black women do never slandered him but still he was getting slandered for his choice of 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 partner think Amari Hardwick goes from power when we found out he dated he he had a white he had a white wife niggas was slandering him like versus when Serena was um you know announcing her engagement and pregnancy to that white startup billionaire guy you know. Yes, Coin, and then the couple black women were like, "Damn, we lost her." Or we, a couple black men who were like, "Damn, we lost her." Were met with like, "Well, if y'all did this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this," it was like, so it's just all of these different things contribute to why. And I'm, 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 I'm speaking for myself, but I know there's others who think like me because we've had these conversations where it's like, were y'all, so there's a group of y'all that think black men are unwanted." The most of unwanted out of. Oh my God, we're having a we're holding a conversation. I just I need to hear more people say these things out loud, and I just need to get to like the bottom of it. But like I've never heard black men say that being unwanted is a systematic thing. Like I I don't in my in my psyche I just don't think I've ever heard it put that way. So this is all interesting to me right now. And I'm not just saying this just to say the shit. Like, I, like you know me well enough at this point. I don't just say yeah, shit. Yeah, I know you don't, but I just... It makes me want to know if more men really feel this way. More black men. I mean, only only way we could find out is through conversation, right? And communication. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're going to hold a conversation. I'm calling a city... What do they call those things? Town hall. A town hall. I need to know if you niggas think y'all are unwanted. I mean, that's not going to do nothing besides like, create the... Let me not say it's not going to do nothing. I take that back because converse, starting conversations do things. Um, it's not going to change the mind of everyone, but it will help me see it in a different light. So I really just want to do this for me and women who think like me. Yeah, I mean, like I said... Unwanted? Like, that's a strong word. But, okay, so here's my thing on it, and to take it back to, like, to the whole point of this episode, the point of us talking was, you know, mental health in a relationship. Like, one thing I've gotten to in my life and where, because I always say, like, anything I want in life, like, I absolutely feel like I can have, nothing can stop me from having it. Like, that is really my mindset where I am now. If I want it, it's mine. That's it. Like, I can't have those afterthoughts because when I do, I get into those thought process where I talk myself out of things. So even, like, things like that, like, that's outside of my words of affirmation. Like, and I'm, I'm trying really hard not to denounce the feelings of other people, but that's why I say that's such a strong word because you're, you're attaching it to a system that makes you feel like you're unwanted, right? But for me, it's like, I don't know, like, I stop thinking of systems. Like, I'm really trying to get myself out of the mindset of systems because then I, I attach to the thought process that they, they want us, they 
DJ Khaled over here that they want us to believe in. Eventually, like people want you to think that you're unwanted. Like they're they they, they and I'm and I'm speaking honestly because I this is my mental psyche. Like this is exactly how I think on a daily basis. Like they're when we think about systems, I think it, it's the gatekeeper. So then it goes outside of like actual human beings, right? It's like this whole mental system that we've all attached to. So the idea that men are like sitting around and saying like, I'm unwanted because the system told me I'm unwanted. Like that stuff, like, I don't know. Think about, think, let's think, think about even back to, back to back to slavery. And I hate to be the cliche. But I know what you're. I know exactly where you're going with this. I absolutely do. But what I'm trying to say is, at some point, and this starts to get into how I spiritually think, and I I don't like to put whatever whatever. Let me just sit in my truth for a second. Spiritually, I can't allow myself to sit here and say I'm unwanted because then that's that is applying a thought process that is in my own. So then my thoughts are overshadowed by what some someone has, dis- they have decided. And so then that's what I mean, like that whole thing of fear-based, and maybe this isn't the, the place because I'm not getting all of my thoughts out right now, but it's just, it's crazy to me, not crazy, crazy is not the wrong word because I'm trying to be really sensitive right now. But... This is when I say, like, it's important for men to start having these types of wellness things as well because in all the all of the teachings I've learned from other women, it's the whole idea of breaking that thoughts process. Like, all my spiritual guides that I go to and, and even in therapy because my therapist thinks like I do, so she kind of helps me streamline everything that I'm saying right now. But eventually like you have to break the idea that this system is requiring to be in this position and that's why I preach a lot like every week I come in here and I continuously say like no anything you want out of life you absolutely can have and it's not until you decide that for yourself that you are going to receive everything out of life and yeah I say some wild crazy things that I want but like I truly believe like if I want it it's mine like nothing like I don't have that thought process inside of me like I would never say like I'm unwanted but then I also understand where you're coming from in the sense of like you feel like there's a system that's putting you in that position but it's just wild to me that I know I think this way and I know a lot of women think this way because I I'm in those groups and it's not just like me and like 15 other people it's like this is what I surround myself with on a daily basis, whether it is like my friends on a daily, like that I talk to in my group chats or I'm hanging out with, but also like my social media family. Like these are the people that I follow that streamline that same process of I'm only stuck if I decide I'm stuck. So then it's like, that's why I'm always saying like, I just, I don't know. It at some point it has to be, how do we further the conversation of men getting to into divinity, like getting into a more spiritual side of it. Because once you break those barriers, like it does help. And I know this is like wild and I'm going off on something that a lot of people aren't going to be able to attach to. And I know a lot more women understand it as of now, but that's really what it is. And I'm, and, but I'm trying to be sensitive at the same time because I'm trying really hard. You can tell I'm trying right now. You can tell I'm really trying right now. As long as you can tell. And I wish... But that's why I'm like, we need a town hall or something because this conversation needs to be furthered into another sense. But all I know is of women who have created these conversations and the same women who I know who have done these things, they're like, that's not for us to do. And they're, that's, and I think that's where women are. 
so when men are saying like I feel unwanted for a lot of women it's like you have those women who are saying men are trash I have been that woman but you know what it was last week this woman said on Twitter uh, spiritual goddess she said at first, what happened last year was the brink of, of divine femininity where women realized like everything about our love was within ourselves and we can go. And, but what happened was when we were met with backlash of, of breaking our mental cycles, a lot of women kind of met people on their same level. And that's where the whole men are trash thing. She explained it way better. Y'all can look it up if you want to. At Spiritual Goddess, she's a black woman named Cindy. And she thoroughly threaded it out. She does really well with that. Um, but then ever since I read that last week, I've kind of started to break away from saying men are trash and just realizing, like, spiritually, women and men are just at two different levels right now. And it's just like, I can't speak on the negative because if I put where where attention goes, energy flows. And I'm just, I'm not there anymore. So all I can hear is like men say it, but then all I can say in return is, all I really got is like, all right, if you want to change it, y'all have to change it. Because that's what I bear witness to women doing, where women are just like, Okay, I just I I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm not putting up with this system anymore. If I have to get up and fight against the system every day, then I'm getting up and fighting against the system every day. And women have literally laid their lives out for the fact that they're not going to put up with something. They telling them that their lives are what it's going to be and and just realizing like my life is going to be what I decide it's going to be. So I don't know. I want uh, I do want to understand more. And I know I just went on a wild, crazy tangent that probably a lot of people aren't going to understand. And my apologies, I guess. But I just wish men would start, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like I hear it. But then for me, it gets stuck on just hearing that. And then I'm like, all right, so what happens after it's stated? Like, where's the conversation after that? So you recognize or you're you're. You're stating and bringing acknowledgement that men are feeling unwanted due to a system. So then, okay, we say that's the starting point. What's next? And I know that was the most long-winded way of saying that, but I, I had to get all that out. What's next? I mean, what's next is, A, more, more, more men become honest and, um become honest in what they are feeling. B, there's always, there's all, in any movement, there are allies. And I hate to call this a movement. I don't call it No, it is. It is. But in any... Let's call the thing a thing. It has to be a movement. In any, in any movement, there are allies from the other side. Civil rights movement had some, had allies from the other side. When we talked about um, the right for marriage equality, had allies from the other side. Talk about women's suffrage. We talked about the current, the current new wave women's movement. Allies from the other side. You and I know there's there's a part that says like, well, yes, you got to do it on your own. Yes, there is the the spark has to be. So work is supposed to be done on your own, but what you're asking is for women to be the out. So it's like basically it's the inner circle and the outer circle. You're looking for the women to take up the outer circle and, and just it, protect the space. Because because. 
and because when we, when this this sort of thing is a little bit more sensitive and more open to mockery than other things, like yes, civil rights, you know. If you mock, if you mock that, you're kind of an asshole, right? If you mock marriage equality, kind of a, you're either very religious or you're kind of a dick. If you mock women's suffrage or sexist or you know stuff like that, but this, I feel like this sort of thing, people can mock, people have the potential to mock this and still be considered a okay person because the idea of like men needing to like talk about their feelings and quote you know their feelings and being able to talk out and talk through their feelings of vulnerability and feelings of being unwanted and feelings of like feeling less than leaves itself open to a lot more criticism because of the way both men and women have pigeonholed men into being for lack of a better term be strong emotionless leaders and so the ally system is needed in order to kind of protect the space enough to so make not the, not be in the space but protect the space to make to make to make the Build inner the circle comfort. feel comfortable enough to be able to speak openly about these topics and like, I don't think that conversation has had enough between women and men the allyship so like men have to have the conversation with men to build the emotional openness but then you further that conversation when you start to bring in women right and saying like we need the space to be comfortable to continue to speak on our emotions right and so and, and then the, the dynamic between men and women especially black men and black women are all it's always going to be sensitive because of Everything else. Everything else. And so, obviously, if we're speaking off of a, off of our viewpoints as a black man and a black woman, you know, cis black man, cis hetero, like, you know, all of those things. So, that because of that dynamics already so, not strained, but kind of strained because of everything else, we have to have care in approaching these conversations as far as allyship on both sides of the coin. Like, because women are still fighting for equal pay in the workforce. Women are still fighting to be able to, you know, say no to a man's number without feeling threatened, things like that. Men are trying to understand how to kind of voice their feelings of, like, because a lot of people... Voice their feelings. Voice their feelings. Especially, like, a lot of people that internalize the men are trash shit. Like, like, you know, not you necessarily, but, like, the compadres and companionships of, like, men are trash, men are trash, men are trash. Like, black men don't protect black women. Black men don't do this, 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 this and this, and this, and this. But then it gets stuck there. It gets stuck there. So, it's the same way I'm asking you, like, how do you guys feel unwanted? Where's the rest of the conversation? It's the same way that if women are saying men are trash, then what's the rest of that conversation? So, so it's, it's, it's reverse. Wow, really? Everything in life just boils back down to how are we communicating? <laughs> oh, everything in human life can really be figured out if we would just figure out how to communicate with each other. That was redundant, but it's fine. So that's that's kind of, I mean, that's the next steps. That's the next steps. And that is like allowing the space um, to, to, you know, men have to shed that masculinity, not masculinity, masculinity, shed that machismo of like, I'm too, too hard. The I'm too, toxic masculinity. Uh, 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 to talk, to talk with your niggas about shit, you know what I mean? To talk like, yo, I'm going through some shit right now. 
you, 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 we supposed to be homie. We supposed to be, you supposed to be my groomsman. You supposed to be my frat brother. You supposed to be this and this. I need to be able to talk to you about certain shit without, without feeling like I need to sugarcoat it in order to keep that masculine. That, that, yeah, and so once and then and while those conversations going on, the same kind of masculinity—that's what the word I was looking you know, for. So while those conversations are going on, also men and women need to talk as far as like, hey, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to kind of explore my emotions here on on a lot of on a lot of shit, on a lot of different fronts. I will say I have had I have seen a lot of men where they say like I want to be an emotionally open person, but the soon the second cuz even it was it was in one of the 444 whatever he called those things. Um and he was saying like the second you're ready to open up, all of a sudden she's gone. So then I guess it's like breaking the cycle of once I'm ready and then just putting yourself in the mindset of always being ready but then on the opposite of it women have to always have to hold space for men to share and, and Matt was talking about like I mean it's not very, we're talking about like well, in a relation, was, in yeah, relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking I mean, about this like general, in general like yeah but I think that crosses into general like our because that was the argument on Twitter afterwards it's like well men strongly feel that women aren't holding space for them to genuinely talk about their emotions. And I think a lot of women would think, like, if I could talk about my girls, my, my emotions with my girls, then I would, I'm sure I could hold this. And it's like, question yourself, are you really? And a lot of times it's only in the matter of a relationship. And even then, it's not until we're about two years solidified, I need that commitment because otherwise I'm not going to care about your emotions. And all, or... It gets to the point where you're almost done, where it's like it's like that that one last fight that's about to end it all, and then y'all just literally put all the cards on the table, and then it's an epiphany moment, like oh shit, I never knew that this was happening, that you were feeling this type of way right. until you until we fought this shit was about to be over. It's that type of thing. Um, it's that type of thing. I think that we gotta work on. We work on on both ends for sure. There's work for each of us. This was a really good conversation. Yeah. I like I'm excited for people to hear this. It's a long, Cut that part out. But yes. It's a long it's a long it's a long long conversation of something that's needed. You know, we wasn't even, this wasn't even part of the the, the scheduled topics. We just had to it just, we just touched on it, kind of expounded on it. Um you got you got something for the overtime today? Um if you could see her face that she just made, you would understand why I'm scared to, 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 to for you to speak. Gabrielle Union in the ass eating. Uh, <laughs> beloved, beloved. I just find it funny because literally people always be like, "Has anyone ever told you you look like Gabrielle Union?" Which I don't, I don't agree to, but I do hear it all the time. Literally, somebody just told me that yesterday. They don't. They they blind as fuck. They, they thank you. I'm not saying I didn't say you ugly. I just said you don't look like Gabby. You don't look- okay, or like a lot of times people will literally be like, "You're just like her character, Mary Jane." Or they'll be like, "Has anyone ever told you your personality is just like Gabrielle Union's?" So I get that on the level. So then when it came out and people were like, "Yo, Gabby, Gabby Nass," I'm like, "Y'all niggas, we could cop- stop the comparisons now because I ain't out here eating nobody's ass." But I just thought it was wild because she was just like she came off the fisticuffs and was like. I mean, if my nigga need his assay, my nigga need his assay. If I can ask for my assay, I guess we can both do it. I was just like, oh, girl. But, but women are out here eating ass. Listen, I'm just... And niggas are out here liking it. The fucked up part is 
makes sense because the man's G spot is in his ass. ass. So, how do men get comfortable with asking for? I know someone. I know a dude. One dude personally who lets his girlfriend. He would get on here and talk about it, but he he lets his girl eat his ass, and she propositioned him first. He let it happen, and he's just like, "Yeah, she eat my ass, and it feels good." And I'm just like, "That's wild to me." It's wild to me too. But, but then this other girl, she was like, "There's this podcast I was listening to earlier. All three hosts was like, "Yeah, I eat my nigga's ass," and then the one was like. I would rather eat his ass than suck his dick. And my nigga likes his ass ate, so I eat my nigga's ass. And I was like, y'all women are out here eating ass for real. 2017, wild. Wild. Because it? it was just a couple years ago, we were shaming niggas for eating ass. Now, they like, well, shit, quality. Now women like. <laughs> quality. <laughs> quality. <laughs> she said, I would rather. And I was like. Shook it. Shook it. Because I just, I don't think I'm mentally there. I'm not mentally there. Because it's like, I think. Now, my, now, now, if we do, if, if we go into a quick anatomy lesson. You got the dick. And the balls. It's not. I mean, like, it's not too much farther south. It's cool if the tongue hits the gooch, right? <laughs> you go and pass the gooch, and it's like I'm in a whole other realm. Like, that's a did lot. you? And then I was listening to another podcast, and the dude was like, "Yeah, I let my girl eat my ass once, but then like I started overthinking about it, and like the like I didn't know if my my ass was that, so I was like, I couldn't." Like, it felt good, but not enough for me to be able to do it again. And I was like, damn, niggas is out here getting their ass ate. I'm assuming the same rules apply as that. Like, I'm just going to, you know how, like, like, the fr- like, 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 we're talking, like, fresh out of the shower type shit. Like, that's, that's what the women said. They were like, I only eat his ass if, like, the foreplay has to be us taking a shower together. Whoop-de-whoop once we get out. And then I'm eating his ass. I mean, I, for the niggas, but I know who we ass. That's also the same thing. It's like fresh out the shower. shower. That's the only way she get her ass ate. Yeah, now some niggas are nasty, but we gonna pray on them. Yeah, I know. Get out I'm over you today. But nah, I mean, if you, I mean, if you willing to please your man like that, like salute to you. I just know myself personally. I'm not in a mental space where you could be like. Yeah, I gotta be off the coke. I would have to do a line of coke off your ass before I stick my nose in your anus. But if you, if she, if a woman I'm dating ever was like, toot that ass up, big fella. <laughs> I would be like, excuse me. I feel fire here. <laughs> toot, toot that ass up, big fella. <laughs> you guard. <laughs> oh, you tripping? <laughs> She's tripping, tripping. She started talking to you like, ha ha, Davis, like, you, you thought you was playing 2K, but you're getting your ass ate today. <laughs> shook it. Shook it. Done. Get out. I'm like, what? Like, I just, I can't say I really am. I can see myself just being like, yeah, I'm out here eating ass. <laughs> but dead ass women are out here eating ass just like that. Like, off the room, just like, yes, I eat my nigga's ass. But, uh, 2017, wild, bro. This <laughs> 20, has been the craziest year ever. This is all Donald Trump's fault, bro. This nigga got elected and everything just went to hell. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? And the crazy thing, these are the same women who are like, I can't believe you women are out here sucking dick. My God, I would rather have semen in my mouth than an ass. <laughs> 
Same time, cause well, never mind. I'm no. Well, don't get yourself jammed up. I'm not gonna get myself. I'm not eating ass, but, but I. Never yes. mind. Redacted. Redacted. We're not even. Beep, 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 beep. However, I totally would do that. We know. Use your imagination. We've had this conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty. I okay, but that for me is like a a power play. I know it is, cause you're an asshole. <laughs> All pun intended. <laughs> All fun intended. Just one time. Like, because here's the thing. You can't ever talk shit about that person. Ever. Ever. Because they let me do that. And think about it. Like, imagine the argument. You wasn't saying that when you was eating my ass, nigga. Like, that's Trump card. Like, that's the Trump card. Like, nigga. Like, you ate my ass, nigga. And maybe be like, well, shit. Like, anything else. Say no and boy because you ate her ass. And so now, women, you better not break up with that nigga. They're like, you want to say that when you was eating my ass? Listen, men, just slide in my DMs and let me know if you let women out here eat your ass. We don't, we ain't even got to talk about it like that. We ain't got to put it out there like that. I just want to know if y'all out here letting your ass get ate. Also, slide in my DMs if you letting women peg you. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> See, now I've considered myself a very woke individual as far as sexual fluidity and sexual deviant, all of that. But oh no. my god, can somebody email no. me a story about getting pegged? No, can please. You, you better, you better redact all of that shit because not totally anonymous. I just totally need to know if niggas is out here like because if I listen, if any of my niggas are getting pegged, I'm judging you. Off no, rip. you. What we just talked about how men need to be okay. And you can be. You can be. Listen. You can be okay. I, no you, shaming. No peg shaming. <laughs> Look, God's still working on me, <laughs> and He has not delivered me from this. So I wouldn't shame a man if he let, if he's letting a woman eat her ass. Let that, her. That's pleasure. That's one. But, but see, that's like on the line of shit. But I'm like. I can understand, but then like past the line is you letting a woman fuck you in the ass. That's that's past my line of being able to understand currently, because I just feel like that's a hop, skip, and jumping away from you from you batting for the other team. No, it's not. No shaming on sexuality. I'm not. I, I, listen, you can do whatever you want. You're shaming sexuality right now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. I don't understand it. Ooh, some girl hit on me on Saturday. Was she cute? Yeah, she bit my bottom lip. That's a whole story. I'll tell you once we get out of here. Okay. Because <laughs> you you saw my face. I was like, how did she get that? Okay. Well, she went to kiss me, which is fine. Because, I mean, I kiss my girlfriends all the time. And then she bit my bottom lip, and I was a little taken aback. But then at the same time, I was like, oh, she's fine, though. And she is fine. You got Instagram? Yeah, I'll well, show you. Okay. Um, on that note. <laughs> I'm about to slide in her DMs. Child, listen. Um, on that well, let note. Let me stop because people already asked me if I'm, uh, why I don't just bat for the other team. <laughs> see, if I, I could be gay, I would be gay. I like I'm just time. not interested in women. Autumn times, you say men are, men are trash. I know, and people always say, why don't you just go be gay? So, to wrap up. She fine, ain't she? 
Yep. Yep. To, to wrap up, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, be open and honest with your emotions. Be open and honest and communicate um, sexually, emotionally, physically, whatever you need. Um, if you're out here getting pegged, don't tell me about it. Tell me about it, though. Don't tell me about it. Get in my DMs. Let me know. Women are eating ass in 2017. I'm not eating your ass. Anyways, on that note, um, signing off, it's uh, C Diddy 513, aka Kyrie Kirving, aka, um, well, yeah, just, I'm, I'm shook, I'm still shook if off of, off of certain shit what we talked about this, this, this episode, um, to my co host Stephanie. Be the best hoe you could be. And we're signing off. And like that, <laughs> we're gone. <laughs> At the mall, just so I can flex. Take the app at the mall. Walking with the set. Take the app at your bar. Uh, the cool came imported. The seasons all white, coming snorted. Green Lamborghini, your tortoise.